You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. All right, we're going. Anthony Watmo, thank you very much for joining us on the Hello Sport Podcast, mate. No worries, guys. Thanks for thanks for having me. <laughs> Two-time Manly Seagulls Premiership winner, Origin player, Australian player, now retired in the restaurant game. How's life going in retirement? Yeah, it was good. Very, it's going very good. Um, you know, I thought I was done with these. <laughs> I um you know I thought I'd just slide off and people would forget about me, which which <laughs> would have would have been ideal. But you know I guess there's a there's a too much history there to you know for now anyway. Hopefully in a few years I can um I can just relax and <laughs> and not have to worry about doing these. <laughs> um, we'll start just in the early career because we want to sort of talk to you about everything. But you grew up in in Narrabeen, uh, is that correct? Played for the Narrabeen Sharks. Yeah, correct. Um, Narrabeen was fun back then. Yeah. It was just, or rat bags running around, not like not like today. There was no video games or anything, you know. We were just little hood rats <laughs> running around and terrorising people, and um, you know the way the way the world used to be. Yeah. Always wanted to play for Manly. I never wanted to play for anyone. Really? So you yeah. weren't, league wasn't really a. I wasn't. Um, yeah, it wasn't high on my agenda or anything. You know, just I I sort of just played it. Um, got you know went through rep teams and and whatnot and started going further and further and. Yeah, the the least the you know the furthest thing from my mind was playing professional football. You know, I thought I'd be a roof a roof tiler for you know Glenn Wilson roof tiling the the guy I'd done my apprenticeship with, and yeah, never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that I'd I'd be playing first grade. When did you start to think, geez, I might have a crack here? Like I might. I, I might. didn't. Never. You just, <laughs> I, uh, just kept going through the, the motions. Yeah, I was I was very very lucky that you know, I never really trained very hard to get to where I got. I was. I was extremely lucky, I should say. Um, yeah, I was just carrying on. And, and then one day I was playing reserve grade and coach come up to me and he goes, I was only, I was only 18, he comes up, he goes, um, come and train with us on, on Wednesday. He goes, because if, if uh, Gary Winter gets injured, he goes, you'll be playing. Mm. And oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so went up and trained and thought there was no way. And, you know, he got injured. So, Jesus. Yeah. Someone's jinxed Gary Winter there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll come back to that one because he didn't like me very much after yeah. this. So, um, and then, yeah, so I sort of, we went up and we were playing, we had to train up the Central Coast, but we were playing at Brookvale. Yeah. Um, and they come up to me and they go, who's your favourite player? I have to do, you know, um, a little thing we put on the, on the, on the internet and... I just went, I don't know. I don't ever used to watch footy. So you just you weren't even really majorly into it at all. It was just something you did. You enjoyed playing. Yeah, and and I knew Chad Randall and I knew his dad, Terry Randall. So I said, Oh, Terry Randall. Not thinking that he was way, way before my time. Yeah. And they go, Oh, he's a bit old, you know. What did you watch tapes? I said, Oh yeah, I watched tapes of him. (laughs) So to this day I always put Terry Randall as my sorry, Tesra, if you're listening. I didn't know jack shit, <laughs> and I put I put Terry Randall to this day on all my things of favourite player, because so, he was just a, I knew his son. So what happens then? Uh, you you get your first grade debut, and then a career you didn't even really expect to be happening starts to just unfold in front of your eyes. Did you sort of go, all right, shit, this is happening. I'm going to start taking it seriously. Is there like am I changing my life in any sort of way to to really embrace this thing that's essentially fallen into your lap? Uh, I think people. <laughs> Um, seen that we didn't really change much from from the rat bags that we were. Look, we we were very very lucky that we had a group of of you know probably thirteen fourteen blokes that come through within one two three years of each other, and we um 
you know, we we worked hard, but we we celebrated. We we worked hard off the field to yeah. to be mates. You know, we worked very yeah. hard off the field. Um, but we just we just had a team that we were so lucky that you could have an off day, but one of the other boys would cover you. Yeah, you know, you could go for a beer, and you know, a lot of us went for a lot of beers, but we never let one another down. And we were lucky that we had that you know a group of people that thirteen, fourteen blokes that come through just together at the same time and. Um, yeah, I think we just we gelled with one another, and I think that's what made our team so great over all the years. Is is that we were all mates at the end of the day. We, you know, there was no dickheads in there. Yeah, you know, at the start anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you talk about that team, uh, uh, the decade of dominance, really. That well, that's look again as Manly fans, we're going to throw around some a lot of pro Manly rhetoric here. Decade of dominance, oh, greatest be, team of all mad, time. Would be mad not to. <laughs> um, so I just want to know because you said like as you were saying, it sort of was a team that was you all sort of came through at uh, sort of similar times. How was it going from a team that wasn't wasn't very good? I was young, just to like slowly rising through the NRL ranks and then becoming these powerhouses. What was that experience like of sort of, you know, getting better every year, getting better every year, and then you're up there and you're, you're playing finals, you're contending for the fucking, for the, the premiership? Yeah, it was, because yeah, I was thinking it was my second year, first, second year in, it was, we were trying not to win the wooden spoon. Yeah. And which Manly's never won. Which we never so won. Did they talk about that? Like, yeah, it was. Can't it was, be the first team to it, win It was a spoon. big deal. And I think it was maybe Sharpies last year before Desi come in and, you know, we, we were battling, you know. Our club was going broke. You know, we didn't know whether we were going to get paid. You know, Maxi Domage, you know, for all the bad stuff he's probably done and things like that, he saved the club. You know, he spent 12 million bucks of his own money to make Jeez, sure Manly God. survived. Mm. And to see like that and to build up from nothing, which we were like a week away from, from being bust. We were a week away from getting the licence taken away from all reports that we were getting told. To you know, the next year finishing another two places up, yeah. and then another two, and then shit, we're in the, we're in the, the the eight, and then the next year we're you know we're in, but I think we made like the major semi, or we made the grand final. Or mm. It all happened just sort of one year after another, just you know a little bit more experience, a little bit you know the next guy coming through, just Pete, you know the Stewart brothers, Matt I, Jamie Lyon came, Ox, Ox, uh, Matty Orford, Stephen Bell, and then it sort of just you know peaked and. I can't explain how good it was. It was yeah. a, it's a blur. <laughs> a lot of people ask me, you know, what's your favourite memory? And look, the grand final is always massive, but like the young days was just too much fun. We just had a lot of fun, and um, you know, a lot of it's a blur, except the, except the big thing. <laughs> um, but we we enjoyed everything about rugby league, and you know, we enjoyed it. We enjoyed it off the field, and I think that's why we we were successful. On is, you know, we had a really tight bond. Yeah. Whether or not you can do it nowadays, it's it's you know very questionable. I, I think with phones and 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 social media and mm. and, and and media in general, um, they they want to go out and have a good time. You know they understand that players like the media understand that players need to go and have a good time, but yeah. it's also their duty to report them if they fuck up. Yeah, you know they can't you can't have a good both ways. So there's a, there's a fine line there. I think if you let something consume your life it will eat you up and spit you out yeah. yeah and rugby leagues are very it can fuck you mentally you know if you're not if you're not tough enough you won't make you won't play rugby league you might mm. be the greatest player but you won't succeed in rugby league because it's a nasty world out there people want to hem you the tall poppy syndrome um 
and you just got to be able to deal with that. And for me, the best way I dealt with it is, as soon as I finished footy, I walked away and I didn't think about it again. Yeah, yeah. Well, to that point, you you probably been on the bad end of a lot of bad press. Is that how you dealt with it, going out with the boys and just sort of ignoring it largely? Yeah. Or? Look, I I don't let I don't take much on board. I know I know what type of person I am. My family knew what type of person I was. I had this, you know, sort of image that I was this fucking nightmare of a person, but. Mate, most of the stuff I did, I did on purpose, to be honest, to see how far I could push it. And people might think that I'm talking shit, but I'm really not. You know, I used to get told not to go to the cross. What what would I do? I'd be first one into the cross. I'd be getting phone calls from a manager going, mate, he knows you're in there. I said, no, I was was at home. Because he knows you were there. I said, mate, I'm at home. I said, I was at home at midnight when I left Shore Club. <laughs> and he'd know blatantly that I was in the cross. But I just said, mate, it wasn't me. And because he didn't want to give his sauce up. So I just said, mate, who's your sauce then? Tell me. I said, it wasn't me. Show me footage. Show me something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and they wouldn't give their sauce up. So I just went, I kept doing it. Just to try and figure out who was giving me up. Because <laughs> like, I had people like, obviously, Desi knew a lot of people at the club um, around. And so obviously the same people that I thought were asking me to go out for a beer with them, they'll give me up. So he didn't give up his sauce, and he, 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 he couldn't come at me unless he had a, you know. He just said, "Mate, he was there with you." He um he never gave him up, so he knew I was lying. <laughs> but I knew I knew that he couldn't call me out on it because yeah. at the end of the day he, he'd lose that sauce. What sort of relationship did you have with Desi? What's he like to work? Because I mean, there's so much spoken about Desi as a coach. Uh, how was he for you guys? Do you think his perception's different to what he actually is like? Oh, 100%. Um, look, Desi's a weird character. Everyone knows that. Like, things that go through his head don't go through a normal person's head. <laughs> but the good thing about Desi is he would listen. Mm. Um, he surrounded himself with, with probably smarter people, not, not, like, not mentally, like, not, sorry, not um, out there people like him, like football brain people. And he always listened. That's to me. That was a sign of a really good coach that he would always listen to the players. He listened to the people outside, and he'd never let his ego get in the way. And that was Desi. Like he'd come up with some some twisted game plans and <laughs> some weird stuff. And Glenn and Brett Stewart would just go, "Mate, that's not going to work." And he'd go, "All right." And he'd go away, give him a minute, and he'd and he'd look at it all for what it was. He'd look at their points. He'd talk to the other coaches. But that's what made him a great coach, I think, is he had strong play group around him, but he had an even stronger you know, coaching staff that yeah. would listen, uh, that would be up front with him. Whereas a lot of coaches just, they try and live and die by the sword and, and you can't do that. You mm. know? Like I was, you got to feel the smartest person in the room, you're obviously the dumbest person in the room because if you can't take outside help or influence, you're never going to succeed in life. And I think that's where Desi excelled and not many people know that. But yeah. that's that's his to me, being his mate. That was his greatest asset that I could see. You said before, uh, Glenn and Brett Stewart, like mate, that won't work. Is, <laughs> you use those two as an example. Did, that, did a lot of stuff run through them? Were they sort of the leaders of the Every, team? Everything. The like yeah. we we sort of had our our senior players group was, you know, myself, Jamie Lyon, Matty Orford, Jason King, the Stewart brothers. Um, but football brain wise, they they're the two like. They were the two. They were they're geniuses when it comes to football brains, and yeah. you could tell the way they played. Glenn was, he was our, he was the best player I've ever played with. Really? Yeah, by bar none. He's he's the best I've ever played with, and 
I'd watch him do things on the field and I'd just go, fuck. Yeah. Why can't I do that? <laughs> we play the same position. He's just throwing eight, eight cutout pass, eight person cutout pass and set up the, the winger and I do one, it goes into the fucking crowd. <laughs> he puts a kick in and it just goes perfect. Mine yeah. goes through the scoreboard. <laughs> he, he was for a big guy. He's, he's so, yeah. He had so much finesse and... And he could Subtlety. Just, yeah. You wouldn't know what to look at him. No. Nah. Gordon. No, he's a fucking lump. <laughs> <laughs> he's got hands like sausage, like these bottles, like big sausages fingers. But he could, he just was, he had such soft hands. And but he would he would run, he ran that whole team. So tactically as well, uh, quite gifted, both of them. It was all them. All Shit. them, Jamie Lyon and Matty Orford to a certain degree was, was a big one. But when it, when it come down to sort of picking the plays and, and coming up with plays... It was always Glenn and Brett. They come up with pretty much everything. They would do it, and then like it would be up to them to show Maddie how to throw that ball. You know, they would like Maddie was he was a great player. Yeah, but he was very erratic. You know, two out of ten would hit the mark. The rest wouldn't. They would be all up too high, too low. Ten out of ten, Glenn would hit the mark. You know, the ball would land in the right spot, and he um. You know, he'd, we'd have to sit and watch him do it, and then we'd go over the other side and do it on our side. So, yeah, like to have people like that, you know, you can get intimidated by people that are better at footy than you. But Desi just he he accepted it. You know, he he listened and and he watched and you know he had he had he let him let people outside have an influence on him and you know that's a good good sign from a coach. Yeah, uh, obviously. 2007, we can forget about quickly because yep. we essentially, and I say we as Manly fans. No one fans. won the grand final that nah, year. Nah, exactly. <laughs> no one won it except maybe Manly. Uh, 2008, probably the greatest day of my, my young life. 40 nil. Obviously, no one saw that coming. That result. How was that day? Yeah. How was the build up even? Because that's like it was. It was close to the to the second half. It was only was it? Eight, it was eight, eight nil, nil at half time. Mm. Um, yeah, the build up. Look, we were we were so confident all week, but you see us if you watch the footage of um, I think Gus is talking, no, Rabs is talking, and we got our little huddle, and we're laughing, and then Gus goes, "Oh, someone's cracked the funny in the middle there," <laughs> and like we we were just fucking just so content with our squad yeah. where we're at, and we were we were just so relaxed, we were so like the year before. You know, it was it was all a new sort of a new feeling, yeah. new week, but we just lapped it up, and we literally were so so at ease going into that game that it, everything just worked, like everything. And then, um, I, I don't understand why. I don't know why it happened for us, but um, I think you know part of it being you know, obviously Beavers' last last grand final, last game last for Manly, game. so you know, maybe that. Had, but yeah, we were just, it was just so easy. In the first half, like, it was still a battle, but we never fought, felt like we were never under the pump. Yeah. You know, they, they, we just put, had so much pressure on them. You know? And look, a big thing, like, we, we used to run this one play, and this is, the, our was, this is why it was supposed to work for us that day. We were supposed to run this one play, and then all of a sudden we seen Melbourne on the news, they filmed them attacking us a certain way on that play. So then we changed it and we scored off it. And we'd never, well, we're thinking, we'd run it the same way, we would've got fucking hammered. <laughs> and then we seen them come out and attack us a certain way on the news and we changed it and scored off it. 
And we just went, On that's how it's meant to be. It was off a camera, like a helicopter camera. And Daisy pulled us in on, the, on leaving for the game. He goes, boys, watch this. And then we watched it. And we, we just said, all right, Matty, you do this here now. And then, bang, we scored. <laughs> and it, just, like, it was just meant to be. Yeah. Because you know? cameras were banned. But the, the only one was, that was, the, was the helicopter, helicopter one above the chase. Yeah. And so we changed it and then, yeah, we scored off it. So we, that's hectic. We, yeah. were, um, we were very, that was the set. But like, that's how it was meant to be for us. Yeah. You know, like when Beaver scored his last drive. Oh, well, like it, I watch it now and I've watched that game again and the so. little clips they put on uh, Facebook and things like that. Yeah. You know, and you hear Rabs talk about. Fuck, the only thing left is Beaver to score. Yeah. yeah. Next touch. Next play. Scored. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> How good is it? Yeah. It was, um, it's just one of them days, you know. It was, How's the celebrations after that? Yeah. That was my next question, Eddie. Probably, probably the 07 was bigger because we were just furious. We were just <laughs> out to destroy ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they're, they're always good celebrations with the Manly boys. You've seen... Everyone's seen the footage of us at the, that, that hotel. Yeah, the, leaning over the balcony on the Corso. <laughs> or what I think one year I had cigarettes out my ears and, <laughs> and nose and I was wearing like this fucking rooster hat. It was good. Remember we were, we were launching cheeseburgers at, at all the media one day. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have been after the 2007 one. Someone bought about 50 fucking cheeseburgers up and it was just raining cheeseburgers. <laughs> As you could tell, everyone was heaps hungry in that apartment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And then 2011, look, as a fan, as soon as the Warriors made that grand final, <laughs> be honest, were you guys like, well, this, we've won this fucking <laughs> Oh, man, fuck. I was, I was sick before that. Like, I, I, was, I was so wrecked after that. I can't really remember. It was all just so hard on my body. And it was all the Desi shit and stuff like that. And, mm. mate, I was, I, was, I was fucked. I even went home and had a sleep after the fucking... Um, our, our little do back at Miramar Gardens, I think it was, up at Terry Hills. I went out of sleep for a couple of hours. Fuck, I didn't sleep for three weeks after we won the grand final and lost one. And then, like, I was just, yeah, so it was a little bit, I don't know, I suppose it wasn't as wild as the other ones for yeah. me, but everyone always, they asked me afterwards, you know, what, how does it compare? Fuck, how do you compare two grand finals? You can't. Yeah, one, we won 40 nil, but we battled this one. You know, they were coming back on the bill. We were on the back foot. Mm. And I remember looking at Georgie Rose, and he was like bluffing. I said, fucking get in line, you fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just looked at me, I said, fucking get here. And I'm thinking, fuck, they're going to spot him. They're going to try and run, run past him. And, you know, luckily, we fucking, we done it. And, mate, only another 10 minutes, we were in some strife. Yeah. Because they were coming. Well, yeah. it, was, it was Sean Johnson when he was on the scene. He was fuck, he was braining it and just pulling yeah. off some crazy shit. Yeah, and uh, and I mean, and that was also the first year with like Foreign and Cherry together yeah. as well. So, yeah, the new two halves. Um, you know, sort of had no experience. Semi, yeah, early semis. I think was that their first year. It was Foreign second, I think, but it was yeah. definitely Cherry's, Cherry's first, first year. Yeah, because then he turned into a fuckwit. <laughs> um, Nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> Can they sue me for saying that? No, I don't think so, mate. I think that's if It's an opinion. <laughs> that's a definitely opinion. Um, so at what? So Des left. That was sort of. I mean, that was was that for you guys? Like, you weren't upset with Des. Were you upset with the board for for that happening? No, Des Des left on his own terms. Right. The way Des left, um, well, it probably wasn't the best. You know, yeah. From what, what we found out 
earlier. You know, it was a week after the grand final well, win. It was the week after, but the way it happened is he blamed everyone. Mm. If he had just said, fuck, I've been offered a million and a half bucks, I'm going, mm. he would have said, good, go. Yeah. But he blamed everyone else. Mm. So we sort of, as players, were, were furious. So we sort of went, fuck, we'll go against the... We'll, we'll attack them now. And then what we found out in the aftermath is... What we're with Desi's Desi. He's always going to look after Desi. Mm. He'd agreed a long, long time ago and actually tried to stay at Manly because they'd offered him more money, but in the end couldn't. But the way he went about it, he sort of just burned a lot of bridges. Yeah. Um, but we all know that's Des. You know, like I know certain players won't speak to him again. Really? Yeah, but that's that's them. I've got no issues at the end of the day. So you, you're still all right with Des? Yeah, but I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him in, since he left. Yeah, wow. So, um, look, I, I, I hold very little grudges in life. They yeah. you know, just weigh you down too much. But, um, yeah, so that's how the, the Desi situation unfolded. And obviously, Tubes comes in. And, um, and then is that sort of where the problems with the problems started emerging then between like the within the playing group? No, it was more the board. Okay, board were um, were showing favoritism. One side of the board was in charge. It was Quantum back then. Um, they they sort of loved the younger guys. You know, they're sending younger guys coming through. And specifically, who was it? Oh, there was a whole range of younger blokes, but they really took a like in the Cherry Evans. Yeah. Um, so in, after two thousand. 13, no, 11, 2011, two, uh, Desi left, and so I sort of heard whispers through, well, it wasn't whispers, it was on the back page of the fucking paper, <laughs> and we had a team meeting, so I, I told Chesa to stay back, and um, and he sort of, and I said, mate, what's this we hear about, you know, I'm reading the papers, he goes, mate, I said, mate, you just signed a fucking four-year deal, I said, you turn up to training. He's not. My manager told me not to. Told him not to turn up to told train. Him not to turn up to train and not to give a fuck about the boys. And I, I said, I said, mate, I've I said I've looked after him. Took him, gave him whatever he wanted as a kid. Always made sure they didn't want for anything. Um, and so I said to him, I said, mate, you know, you know what we've sacrificed to stay together to be successful. Mm. Your time will come. Mm. You got four years. Five. I'm not signing for five years. He's a fucking idiot manager. Said they'd signed this $50,000 deal because no one thought he was good. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so then it sort of came out. Then I, so I went to him. I said, mate, you know what we've sacrificed? You know that, you know, your time will come. And he just looked me straight and I went, nah, not turning up. So I just went, fuck you. So I walked out, went to two. I said, mate, don't give him any money. I said, you've got him by the balls. If he doesn't turn up, find him. And Tooth's just succumbed to the board. Next thing we know, he's... He's up around the five hundred thousand dollar mark after being on fifty grand. So that's where you know that's sort of the board to stop worrying about the players and started worrying about his own back. Which because the board wanted Cherry Evans. The board wanted Cherry Evans. If you're a coach, you want a player, you get him. That's was that was Desi's motto. Yeah, he got the, every player he wanted, and the board listened. Mm. And then Tuves this the. the Who's chose one side of the board over the players, and that's where he lost me. The fact that you sort of you're identifying how integral the Stewarts were to the game plan. Obviously, they were in leadership groups. They were, the, along with yourself and a couple of the other boys, the heart and soul of the club for Manly for ten years. It's not hard to understand, or not hard to see how when they start when they let Glenn go. That's the beginning. That that's, was the beginning of the shit hitting the fan. That's the beginning. That's. 
not many people know this, but um, it was 2000 and... Fuck, might have been 2012, 2011. Me and Glenn were both off contract. I was, I was out. I was going to Melbourne. To Melbourne, yeah, really. Believe it or not, they, 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 the they, they after the wars, you know, they, they'd had a, they'd offered a deal. It might have, might have been Melbourne. Fuck, how's the head going? <laughs> I don't think it might have been someone else then. <laughs> but then um, Glenn was going to um, to St George, and I was over in England on a kangaroo tour, and get a phone call from Gifty, and he goes, "Mate, he goes, what are you doing?" I said, "Mate, I don't know." I said, oh, "I got no idea." Goes look, everyone thinks me and Brett play our best footy together, but he goes, me and you play our best footy together. He goes, I watch you do something. He goes, I want to do something better. He goes, you see me. He goes, mate, you you can end up over my side because when I try, when I say to you, let's fucking kill this bloke. He goes, first person I do is call you and you straight over and we do everything together. He goes, mate, I've been offered shitloads to leave, but he goes, if you stay, I'll stay. Wow. Said, mate, I said I'm staying. He goes, I'll ring right now. I was over in England, but Glenn goes, I'll ring the club right now and agree. And he did. Jesus. I rang the club that day and agreed. And for for Glenn to sort of get shown the the fucking door was was that was a slap in the face for for all of us that had sacrificed to stay together. Look, I paid to get out of the club to be honest with you, and I paid a hundred thousand bucks to get out of that place because. I didn't like how they were the how they treated everyone. You know, we understand that people have to change. People, clubs have to change. They have to move on. But Manly would have had another ten years of success, albeit if that side of the board wasn't in charge. They, they, they from what we heard, they offered Glenn a deal, mm. and we didn't know. But we we come out in the in the media and backed him up, mm. and were sort of fuming that they could offer all these other people that with nowhere near the calibre of Glenn, decent deals, and then not not Glenn. But then behind the scenes, apparently, they pulled the deal because we blew up, and then they, they moved Glenn on. And that's what a lot of people don't know. They thought that we just left bitter yeah. and miserable. Yeah. Like, why would I? Well, that, was a, that was home for me. Yeah. And that still is home. You're I a live, life member. I, I live on the northern beaches, yeah. and I paid 100000 bucks or whatever to get out of that fucking place, 50 whatever, 100 whatever it was. And I paid that to get out of there, out of money that I was owed from a back end of contract. Mm. And they think that I was just being a fucking miserable prick mm. because I was upset. We were upset because we didn't get backed by, yeah. by the person that was supposed to back us. And he backed himself and we could see that. But no one else could. So we, we, we copped all this shit for so long. People that I'd been mates with for 10 years, fans... And they just sort of fucking turned, they just was so off us. Mm. You know, and, and they, and all, I didn't want to come out and fucking burn the club down. I just wanted to leave. Yes. You know, I just wanted to go and just be, forget about it, you know, as best I could. And now, every little thing I said, they just would, they took and they fucking blasted it. And yeah. like all I said was something about Brad and Twos and how different they are. He, he, and, and it was all over the papers and. I had fucking ex-Manly greats coming out going, fucking shut your mouth, this and that. Yeah. I was like, fuck, let me bump into you, you old fuckwit, <laughs> and let me tell you my side of the story. Yeah. You know, don't be a rent-a-quote yeah. and come and fucking spray me yeah. when you don't know what's going on. You know, you're getting told one fucking thing. Exactly. Well, I think that everyone just saw that 
you know, all the all the greats that underpin the dynasty, like yourself and the Stuarts, sort of, you know, leaving the club and seemed bitter about the club. So everyone automatically assumed that it was you you guys that sort of were we, bringing the club down, whereas you were standing up for we, 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 what you saw to be right. We, well, it's not, yeah, to a certain degree. We, we expected, we expect your coach to back you as a player. He wanted the player and then chose himself because the board was in control and they could fucking get rid of him. You have to piss your board off because you have to get things from them that they don't want to give you. Mm. But what type of fucking coach lets a board pick his fucking team? Yeah. Yeah. So are these people would never played footy in their lives. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. These were, these, were, these were fucking quantum. They'd mm. never picked a team in their life. But they all of a sudden seen the, like the, the golden egg that they thought was the young the, the almighty. And Why do you think they sort of pinned all their hopes on him? Because he was he was a he was a politician talking, you know. It was a different character, yeah. you know. He, he he could talk to media, you know. He wasn't a knockabout footy bloke. Mm. He was a different person to what to what every other footy player was, and you know, doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that he's he's probably pissed too many people off in the game and things like that. So, I think people are starting to see it for what it is. They thought we were the issue, and then we left. The next year. Twos was the issue, then they got rid of him, and then all of a sudden, poor Jackson Hastings, who's been, look, I don't really know the guy, I know that people have different opinions of everyone, but they sort of fucking, because Cherry Evans didn't like him, they fucking bullied him into a corner, which was pretty poor on, on, on the club's behalf, I think, I got a big rap on Trent Barrett, I think he's a great coach, I think he's done everything right at that club, except that decision. Coming out and, and and isolating a player like that, I thought is the the only shit thing he's done at that club, mm. and he's done some great things because anyone else wouldn't be there. He's um he's a man like he's I, I think he's got a lot of integrity as a coach. I, I know him, but um you know if I give him a rap and I can't rap him on that is the one thing I can't. But look, Cherry Evans was in the thick of it then. Yeah, you know it's only so much one person can be involved before people start to realise. Hold on a minute. Maybe we're fucking we're 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 barking up the wrong tree here. Mm. I think I think you know, it's him not getting into the origin side sort of is an indication that perhaps he does rub people up the wrong way. His cards are marked. Yeah. yeah. Look, and I look, people are going to hate me for coming out and saying this, but people have to know at the end of the day, you know, what the real situation was. Now we, I know, like we, I didn't even want to speak about it, but. Mate, there comes a time when, when I feel that I had to. You know, mm. like, I didn't even want to do any of these podcasts again and, and, until a mate asked me for you guys. And I thought, you know what, fuck it, I'm not going to hold on to it anymore. I, yeah. I, I seriously hold on to that every day. Mm. And that's the only thing that has, has stopped me from letting go of everything. You know, because I haven't told my, my side. I'm told the side from the real side that people didn't get to hear. Now, they've been told many different things. And, Read things that you know, I didn't, but I feel a weight lifted off my chest. Really, I'm, I'm being honest here. Yeah. Like I've just been holding on to that, and I've always said, "Fuck, do I say something? Do I not?" And mm. uh, what better time with you guys? Have <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you uh, 2013? How do you look back at that? Oh, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, oh, I haven't. Um, yeah, so it was, close. It was, you know, that one look, fucking look, we, sh- we should have ran away, but people have their opinion on decisions and that that went against us. But mate, we're up eighteen eight or something, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. 
Eighteen eight, you, you expected to win. That yeah. was that was a, a decision during the week, as as well. That that was another poor decision by someone in charge. That, like I was saying to you before, um, a good coach listens to people. We all went to to twos. All the coaching staff, all the players went to twos and said, "I won't name the players." But we said, "We need to change players because we think this guy will do a better job." And lo and behold, the one player we wanted to fucking change. Didn't, didn't have a great game. No. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but he, right? didn't, he didn't listen. He just he went against everyone's opinion. Right. All the all the assistant coaches, all the senior players. He went against everyone. Everyone. Why do that? Don't be fucking. Don't be stubborn. Yeah. Listen um, to people around you, and he didn't fucking listen. And, and that's it. That's on him. For Come anyone who's else. listened to the podcast that we've done before, I think you may know the player that we're all yeah. alluding to. We've we've talked and about look, it. it, just, it wasn't him. It was just he wasn't confident at that stage. Yeah. And you can't, and you can't it would have plays, yeah. And and it happened from the, the word go, mm. you know. And, and the guy that we wanted to bring in, I think it was George Tufua, was fucking killing it. Yeah, and he would have done a job. And all we wanted him for was carry the ball out mm. and just get a good strong carry. Mm. And then he just we didn't get that. Yeah, you know. And look, look, you can't yeah. pinch the whole thing on him, but it no, certainly was a it was, was a, a fucking it was a decision. But we can, you know, yeah, we can. You know, <laughs> if he if he had a listen, would have you know. And even even goes, oh, yeah, everyone said that. And they come out and goes, nah, right, my way or the highway. Yeah, and wow. does that? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Interesting. But we'd, we'd go into videos and things like that, and, and we'd go to twos, you know, what do you want us to do, A, B, or C? You go, you pick. <laughs> well, A, B, or C, pick one. No, no, you guys pick. He's, he's been playing long enough. I said, twos, you're our coach, man. Pick one, and we'll stick to it. If it doesn't work, we'll go to another one. Ah, fuck, you guys pick it. And then when it come to fucking help pick the team, he didn't want a bar of it. Right. You know? Unbelievable. Yeah, and was, that was you know probably disappointing. But that was another big disappointing part where a lot of people lost respect and things like that. So, But it is what it is. It's done now. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about the club now? Uh, look, it's, it's a tough one. It's always home. It's always going to be home. Yeah. I drive past the fucking Oval every day. <laughs> every single day. But like... I haven't been able to bring myself to go there. I don't, really? I, I don't know why. Um, my son goes to games. I go. He played, you know, development squad games. And I'm have so, we got another Watmo in our hands? <laughs> no, <I'm not>. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I want him to study. He's a smart kid. I would rather him go to school and, and do something with his brain. And if that's something he falls back on, he falls back on that. But I'd be so stoked if if he played for Manly. Like I wouldn't hold it against him. I don't want to mm. take him to another fucking club. Yeah. He loves Manly. He goes to the games. He mm. plays their junior league. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I don't know. Do you, you see it times? I, I, I don't know if I'm too. Fuck if I'm not angry. But it's, I don't know. Like I don't know what it is. There's, I don't know if I'd fucking cry if I went back there. Yeah. You know, I might, I might cry. Well, it's it's one of those things where you were you like, you became a man there, I guess, yeah, and like, then you did the, the. I didn't get a farewell. I didn't get anything there. Yeah. And I spent. I broke my body for that club, and I didn't get anything when I left there except the boot out the door, people lying about me behind my back, and fuck, I think I deserve better than that. Mm. Not book, well, maybe I don't. I was a dickhead a lot when I was younger, and I was a rat bag. You know, there's a lot of misdemeanors there that, but then you know, I never really done anything wrong 
in the in the in the history of rugby league no. scandals, they were pretty fucking minor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's be honest. Let's be honest with that. Yeah. yeah, look, the last time I left there, I knew it was my last time playing there because I knew I wasn't going to play there. I would have retired. That if they didn't let me go, I would have never played another game again in my life. Yeah, I knew. Like I knew I wasn't going to go back to that ground as as a manly player, and I I, I accepted that. And I seen the guys do their laps of honour. I seen yeah. them get everything. And I got fucking nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I got a, I got a boot in the back, and I had fucking staff members lying about me to media and shit like that. It seems like just from sort of hearing you speak about it, it was a, something that you had like you loved, and it was a passion. And the end of it sort of really put a sour note on what was sort of a, a, an exemplary career in terms of what you were able to achieve. Yeah, it was. Um, look, I think yeah, it, it was very sad. I was very, I was angry for so long. Yeah, and then because I, I, I was just, I was painted as this bloke that. You know, just was with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Mm. Fuck, I, had a, I, I never said a bad word about the club, really. I, you know, I backed my mates, but, and then I was just getting hammered and hammered. And I'm, like, we just sat there and just said, fuck, when can we tell our side, you know? Yeah. And we were waiting for, for times, and then I just thought, you know what, I was just going to let it die. I told, I'll tell people, if people would ask the question, I, I'd obviously say, well, do you want to hear my side of the story? You know, be at dinner and people would be there and they'd ask me, I'd go, well, I'll tell you my side. But, yeah, well, I, was, I just didn't want to... I suppose part of me didn't want shit to go back on the club. Yeah. You know, I just didn't... I still loved it that much that yeah. even though I was getting hammered, I didn't want to come out and say my side because I just put more heat on the club. So, mm. but... You know, fuck it. It's off my chest now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I can feel it. That's well, let's on a on a lighter note. Do yeah, you, do you still uh, do you still put your rings on? Do you still polish the rings? Wear them around the house. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've got them. In, I've got them in my jewelry drawer at home. Um, fuck, I don't even think I've worn them again. Is that right, I've, mate? I've got them there. I've got to get them resized. I know that much because you know you get one that's about that big, and you get one that doesn't even fit on your pinky. So. Yeah, right. Um, but no, I look at them every couple of days when you know when I go to get my socks. I have got a nice little glass jewelry drawer on top of on top of my um, my underwear drawer. And so, what do you got there? Did you get an origin ring as yeah, well? I got a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> See, not many people know this, but I played one game in '05, so yeah. I got a ring for that. Hey, we were talking about <laughs> this looked before. it up this morning. <laughs> Everyone goes, "No one's won one in." You know, I said, "Hold on a minute." Did you used it? I played 19 minutes, <laughs> and then I got banned for five years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, latter stages of the career. You've left Manly, obviously uh, shitty circumstances. You go to Para. How was that change? Because you were sort of, it wasn't a, oh, fuck, new, like it wasn't like a, oh, you know, time for a change, new sort of direction in the career. It was kind of under a bit of a cloud of shit. How yeah. did how did you, how was it? How did you sort of embrace it? Were you yeah. still a little bit dirty at everything or were oh, you yeah, happy to be out and sort of? <laughs> I was happy to be out. I was filthy. But, um yeah, look, they they they, were, they had some great kids out there, unbelievable mm. kids. Um, now and you obviously you'd worked with Brad Arthur before. Yeah, Brad was Brad was good at Manly, unbelievable assistant coach. He, he was he was the one who held that team together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, it's sort of got to well, mate. If I I was lucky that that last injury really really fucked me, and give me a chance to retire, and I could have played a maybe maybe one more hit might not have been able to walk again, but yeah. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to that that sort of got me out of there. Because if that didn't happen, who knows how the mind would have fucking working? Because it was just tough. It wasn't home. It was yeah, leaving, leaving at five in the morning. You know, as much as I love driving, it's my fucking peace of mind. 
to get out there and and just sit there and just look it was it was fucking cold it was bit of a chore it was always fucking dew on the ground it was mm. always wet mm. um, <laughs> there was no beach and then I'd drive and it just sort of yeah it was it was this was different it was a yeah. forced change that wasn't necessarily yeah. exactly something where you were really no. enthusiastic and about then, it. then yeah so look it's all part of life I paid my three hundredth game out there yeah. yeah was that a bit bittersweet or was that it was, a bit yeah, of a... It, was, it was fucking very very strange yeah. <laughs> Um, look, even every day, every game was strange because it wasn't home. I was mm. home for so long, mm. and that that was our home. And then our home got fucking shit on by everyone, and and then we got shit on. So, <laughs> if that makes any sense? <laughs> no, absolutely. Oh, man. Um, it's the dicks and arsehole speech. Off. <laughs> I should have come out with that one. <laughs> Uh, uh, Team America. Team America. Yeah, yeah, dicks yeah. fuck assholes. Yeah, dicks yeah. also fuck pussies. Sometimes pussies get shit on. So and then so and then retirement. So you're in the restaurant game now. You're, you're liking that? Yeah. Different well, I built I built that place five years ago with my business partner. Yeah. So we built Tokenoma, which was offshoot to Toko in Surrey Hills. Mm. Used to be next door, and and then uh, sort of I was only a silent partner and then. Probably eight months ago, no, I'm not longer than that. Probably fucking yeah, twelve months ago, nearly. He just sort of said to me, he was down in Melbourne with one down there, and it always done well, but it never kicked. And he just he goes, look, you know, there's three options. He goes, we keep doing it, and we keep partying, spending all our money partying there. Mm. He goes, otherwise you um we shut it down. He goes, we move this, and and then he goes, you take it, you run it, it's yours. I'll be the, you know, he'll do my role as you know behind the scenes sort of thing. And I just said, mate, well, fuck, I don't have to tip any more money into another business and I'll get a wage. And then, um, yeah, so from early Feb, it's been fucking unbelievable. It's been absolutely beyond our, our wildest, you know, the way we planned for it. Mm. You know, we planned to sort of be, you know, hurting a little bit now in the colder, colder stages, yep. but it's just been going gangbusters. Not, never, in, never in our wildest dreams did we think it would do this at Christmas, what it's doing now. And yep. It's just because it's a fun place, yeah. you know? With a lot of it's young, sort of young girls, and it's either young girls or older people. But the music pumps, the food's phenomenal, and you just have fun. Don't have to worry about the table next to you listening to what you're speaking about. It's just all about getting in there and fucking having a few drinks. Mm. What Sydney used to be like? Yeah, Sydney got very stiff for a very long time, and we um. Yeah, it's very loose in there. It's very, it's good fun. Mm. You know, you have to, you have to come in and check 100%, it out. Hundred percent, we'll come it, down. Um, made it, yeah. It's just what Sydney used to be. Yeah. We, we, we crank the music. I just fucking at the end of the night, if people want to get on the table and dance. They get on the table and dance. Yeah, you can't do that. No, 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 no <laughs> yeah, you can't do it. You not know? at all. It's um, yeah, but look, it's just what what dining should be, and it's not expensive. You can come spend thirty bucks if you spend a hundred hundred bucks a head. You're fucking drunk and you're out, but you're full, you know. So <laughs> it, um, the price point, you know, it, it resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. Cause yeah. If you spend 50 bucks, you feel like you've spent 100. Right. So you feel like you're getting something out of us is at the end of the day why people come back. You know, we get people come two, three times a week. Is that right? Yeah. Where's it located again, sorry? So just on. Uh, it was in Surrey Hills and it's yeah, down so there. Yeah, so now it's on. The it's address is Bridge Street, 44A, yeah. but it's a corner of Loftus Lane and Bridge Street. Okay. You just look for a little black door. 
It's very okay. Tokenoma. Uh, now, now it's Cubby's Kitchen. Cubby's. Little yeah. black door. Just look for the little black door. It's um, it's very, it's a hidden gem. <laughs> we'll be there for sure. Yeah. Um, mate, I think that's sort of. I think that's yeah. it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, mate. It's been awesome. No worries. Thanks for um, letting me fucking feel about a hundred pounds lighter getting that off my chest. So. Yeah, that's all right. Our our, our therapist fee will is yeah. uh... <laughs> no, no doubt people will be fucking him blowing up me my Twitter and fucking Instagram and that, but. Yeah, you know, I've had to, I've had my say, mate. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like, you, there's been it's been a long time, and the perception has, even as a manly fan, not that I've held any perception about you personally, but the perception about what went on has so it's always put the those legends that core group of guys in a bit of a sour light. Yeah, and no, none of you have, have spoken. I haven't yeah. heard anyone sort of come out and sort of at least just say their piece. So, really appreciate you shooting the shit with us. No worries, Anthony Watmo. Thank you very much, mate. Thank really you, appreciate mate. it. Cheers, Cheers, guys. Thank you. Could you two just not talk anymore? Find your super savings at the sale of our century, like our gorgeous ruby and diamond bridal set, now yours for only $1,299. T's and C's apply. I shop, I shop on a spaceship.